Hello, everyone. It's good to see y'all. Thank y'all for being here. You're welcome. I'm glad y'all braved the rain and the power outages. Sorry to hear about all that. Well, let's pray and we'll get started. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for today. Lord, even thank you for the rain, Father. But we also thank you for the sunshine coming out as well. Father, we just ask that you fill this place with your spirit, Father. Help us, convict us, Lord. Teach us today what we need to know, Lord. We love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you're a guest with us, my name is Dave LeBlanc. I am one of the pastors here, and uh, I get to preach to you today. So I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad I get to do that today. So I want to recap just a little bit of what's been going on as far as this series. We've been in 1 John chapter 2, and John is encouraging, uh, even challenging the believers of Ephesus to know who they are in Christ, essentially. And it's a letter that builds up believers. Uh, John Stott says it this way. He says, John's letter, first letter, is a masterpiece in the art of edification, in the art of edification. So in 1 John chapter 2, John is building the believers up here and to essentially to help them go in the right way, to go in the right direction, because false teachers were terrorizing the church by leading others astray, and there was confusion within the church. So John says, hey, instead of going that way, let's go this way. Let's go in the right direction. And so I'm going to just kind of recap the last couple of weeks what it's been about. Uh, The first one was walk this way. Uh, This was how do we avoid walking the wrong way? And it was understand that uh, you will sin, that we need to obey God's commands. We need to walk in love. We need to walk like Jesus would have walked. Uh, Then love this way. Uh, Love must be our first priority. Uh, It must be consistent. It must be genuine. The last sermon was last week, was Overcome This Way, where it was basically how do we overcome this world, and that is with God's truth and by doing God's will in our life. So here we are today in 1 John chapter 2. We're going to read verses 18 to 27 today, and then we will finish out 1 John chapter 2. It says this, children, it is the last hour As you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you you all have knowledge." I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but the one of he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son and the Father. No one who denies the Father, who denies the Son has the Father, excuse me. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But by the anointing that you received from him abides in you, you you have no need that anyone should teach you. 
But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. So here's what John is getting at. John, if you've noticed the wording here, John loves the word abide, loves it. He says it 23 times just in this letter alone, five times in this section that we just read. And the word abide means to continually remain, to continually remain or to reside. So we are supposed to remain in him, meaning if we remain in him, we will walk like Jesus, we will love like Jesus, we will overcome the world just as he has overcome the world if we remain, if we abide. So this today's sermon is called, entitled, Remain This Way. So we walk, it, we walk this way, we love this way, we overcome this way, now we're going to remain this way, and we are to remain in Him. So how do we remain in Him, church? How do we work this out? How do we do this? How does this, do we have anything to do with it at all? Let's take a look at what 1 John chapter 2 says in verse 18 and 19. He says, children, it is the last hour and you have heard that Antichrist is coming. So many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. Verse 19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that it might become plain that they are all, all are not of us. Now read verses 22 and 23. Who is the the liar but the, the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. So how do we remain in him? Here's the first, we, first thing we need to look at and that we must do is that we must remain alert. We must remain alert. He says here that we are living in the last hour. What does that mean when John says the last hour? The last hour is the time when Christ appeared for the first time until the second coming. Now here we are. It has been some time now. It's been 2,000 years, and we're still waiting for Christ to come back. It is still the last hour. But John was saying, hey, it's the last hour right now. There was this expectation that Christ was going to come back, and they were just kind of waiting. It's going to happen, so remain alert. Be ready. But he doesn't just want us to be alert about that. What do we need to be alert about? What do we need to understand about the last hour is that we need to be watchful. Watchful for what? Because of the Antichrist. He says the Antichrist is coming. So now many Antichrists have come, he says in verse 18. These are people who are either against Christ or trying to substitute, be a substitute for Christ. And they are against the body of Christ. So John says, is saying here to the believers, remain alert. Be watching for the, be watchful for these Antichrist. I just finished uh, t-ball season, coaching t-ball, and uh, I've coached some of your kids here, and uh, and we had a really fun time with these little five, six, and seven-year-olds. And um, man, I tell you what, the one thing that me and the other coaches had to do was to constantly, constantly tell the kids to watch the ball. 
please watch the ball. And these kids were so sweet. Some of them, I'm not going to name them. I'm not going to embarrass any parents here. But some of them are playing in the sand. <laughs> playing in the sand and stuff like that. And I said, what are you doing playing in the sand? You've got to watch the ball. Watch the game. Be alert. Be prepared because the ball may come at you. It's T-ball. Be ready. I was like, what are you doing playing in the sand? Not kidding. He looked at me and goes, I'm building a pool and a house next to it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, go right on ahead. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we had to take the kids and the parents all saw this. They had to, you know, there'll be kids that are like this, you know, we're like, no, turn around. The game is the other way. Turn around. Be alert and watch what's going on. And this was just a common occurrence. It's, it was a lot of fun. We, we absolutely loved it. But, I mean, isn't that kind of sometimes how we are as believers in Christ? You know, we're playing in the sand, and, you know, we're doing our Christian thing, and we're, we're at church, and, oh, this is fun. You know, we're doing all that. And we're like, nothing's ever going to go wrong. Nothing's ever going to happen to us, right? Oh, nothing. I mean, everything's going to go great. As long as I read my Bible and pray, and every now and then I'll go to church, and I'll do this and I'll do that, everything's going to be just right. And sometimes we forget that, hey, you know what? There's things happening in this world, and there's stuff going on, and antichrist and tr- false teachers are all around us. It's all around us. But a lot of times we're just kind of like, oh, you know, it's not going to happen. I'm in America, right? I'm in church, so nothing's ever going to happen to me. But the disciples came to Jesus, and they asked him, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Matthew 24, verses 4 and 5 says this, And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead you, or they will lead many astray, he says. Matthew chapter 24, verses 23 and 25 says this, Then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it, For the false Christ and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. So the goal of the Antichrist is to lead people astray, to lead them from Christ. Jesus even said, if possible, even the elect. Look what he says in 1 John 2, 19. He says, they went out from us, But they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it might become plain that they, what? All are not of us. I don't know, maybe for many of us, we think that, hey, everyone in the church is a believer. We think that everyone here, everyone that attends church, they must be a believer, because why else would they walk through the door? It's not true. It's not true. And I know that some, for some people that's hard to hear, like, oh, this is a church, We're, you know, but it's not true. If Jesus is going, look, there are going to be people within the church. If John is saying, look, there are going to be people within the church, and they're not going to continue with us. I'm not saying that they're going to go to another church. I'm not saying that. He's saying they're walking away from the faith. They're walking away. They're believing in something else. So there were many people within the church of Ephesus that walked away with the false teachers. 
with the Antichrist. And they followed the teaching of the Antichrist instead of Christ, instead of the apostles' teaching. It says they all are not of us, the Bible says. So they weren't truly believers. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13, it says, Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. We must be watchful. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says this, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed, watch this, you fail to meet the test. So we got to be watchful. We got to test ourselves. We must remain alert. So remember what the Antichrist does here. In verse 22, I'll just kind of recap it. It says, denies that Jesus is the Christ or den- and denies the Father and the Son. And in verse 23, it says, if you deny the Son, you have denied the Father. So if you want to, you know, if you want to fail the test here, deny the, deny the Father and deny the Son. That's, that's how you fail the test. And these people, they come from within the church. It's interesting. It's not from outside the church. I know for many people, it's, oh, it must be people from outside the church going, oh, y'all need to get out of that church. But no, what happens is they infiltrate within the church. They, they, they're in the body of Christ, but they are not of us. Alistair Begg says it this way. He says, there are some who share our earthly company who do not share our heavenly birth. So it's all over the place in the Bible that talks about this, that we must remain alert. We must be watching. We cannot take our faith for granted. We cannot say, well, just because I'm a believer now, nothing's ever going to happen. We cannot play that little game. So they are among us, but he says, but here's the thing, we must remain alert. Secondly, we also must remain anointed. Look at verse 20 and 21 of John chapter 2. He says, but you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. It's interesting because this word here, in the context, uh, to be anointed means to, he's talking about being born again. He's talking about your salvation experience. And the word itself, uh, the word anointed here means smear on. Did you catch that? To smear on is what that means. Okay, imagine just for a moment. It's, just, it's, it's God, it's the Holy One, Jesus Christ, smearing the Holy Spirit onto you. Let me ask you this question. Anybody ever worked with Flex Seal? Anybody? Few of you. It's a blast to work with this stuff, by the way. It's this stuff like this rubberized something in a can. I'm not really sure what it is. You shake it up and... Uh, if you have a hole anywhere, or if your kids won't be quiet, you just spray this and boom, that's it. Quiet. I've been doing a lot of housework, and, and any, you guys know if you have a home, uh, they're never perfect, right? There's always something wrong with the house that you buy, all right? It, it, it never fails, okay? So I'm, I'm patching up things, and I mean, I've almost flex-sealed our whole house. I'm telling you, it is so ghetto. I mean, if you come to our house, you're going to go, hey, that's his house. It's the one with all the flex seal on it. Yes, it is. 
I mean, I use this stuff all the time, but here, here, but this Flex Seal stuff, man, if you get it on your skin, oh man, don't, do not recommend it. And by the way, I don't spray this on my children. Just want to let you know, I don't want to go, I can't believe he did that. No, but I accidentally got some on myself. I got it on my hands and on my arms one time and I'm spraying some stuff. I don't know what I'm, I'm just spraying everything with Flex Seal nowadays. And, and I get this stuff on my skin and it says, do not get this stuff on your skin. So, I, you know, I'm just sitting there working, and I've got it all over my clothes and jeans. You know, Julie's mad at me. She's like, stop wearing all your nice jeans to go work. I'm like, well, I don't want to dirty another pair, you know. But then I get Flexil on it, and this stuff is almost impossible to get out. So I'm sitting there scrubbing my skin as hard as can be. I'm, like, trying to get this off. I'm just using everything I can. And then one of my daughters goes, Daddy, what is wrong with your arm? I said, oh, that's just some Flexil. I got on my arm there. I mean, I had a big old rash on my arm because I'm just trying to scrape this stuff off. But here's the thing. We can, we can scrape off Flex Seal, but we cannot flex off the Holy Spirit. We can't, we can't scrape this stuff off. He's saying here that he, it is smeared on and is staying on you. Think about that for a, moment, for a moment there. He's saying you are anointed in that. That word anointed, he says the Holy Spirit has indwelt every believer in Jesus Christ. It's not coming off. And this gives believers the assurance that they will not lose their salvation. And you will also discern truth from false. Think about that for a moment. So John is saying you are either anointed, meaning you are either saved, or you are not. That's why he says in verse 19, he says, They went out from us, but they were not of us. So how do we know if we will remain anointed? How do you know? Number one, first of all, you know the truth. You know the truth that the Holy Spirit teaches. Verse 20 says, you all have knowledge. And it's a knowledge about Jesus Christ. You have that knowledge inside of you. If you are a believer in Christ, you know the truth. But number two, the truth remains in you. Look what he says in 1 John, verse, uh, 1 John 2, verse 27. He says, watch this. There's the word, the anointing, the smearing on, that you receive from him, what? Abides in you. The truth remains in you, is what he's saying here. The truth remains. So God's truth is permanent in a believer's life. It remains there. But there's a third. We persevere. We persevere to the end. Ravi Zacharias says this, Beginning well is a momentary thing. Finishing well is a lifelong thing. So it's like, it doesn't matter if you came came to know a believer when you were a little kid or a baby or this or this or that. It's whether or not you are going to persevere to the very end. It's kind of one of those things like, oh yeah, you know, they used to be a believer or they used to be that or they used, hey, are they persevering is the question. You persevere when you know the truth and the truth remains in you. Mark 13, 13, this is what Jesus says. He said, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2 says this. Paul says, now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. Watch this. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. You see, church, we will persevere if we endure, if we hold fast to the word of God. And this, this does not mean that you won't go through some hard times in your faith. 
It does not mean that you are not going to go through times when you're doubting or when are dark times in your life. That's normal. And church, can I just tell you that it is normal in church to go through dark times. It's not supposed to be, you know, roses and rainbows all the time. It's just not. There's nowhere in Scripture where it says everything's perfect. You're going to go to your church and everything's going to be just right. It's not. That's not the case. But all he says of us is, say, remain alert and remain anointed. So if we are truly anointed by the Holy Spirit, then guess what's going to happen? We will remain anointed till the very end. So the question really needs to be asked is, hey, have I been anointed by Christ with the Holy Spirit inside of me? Do I understand my salvation? Do I understand what God has given me through the Holy Spirit? And then the next question would be, am I truly a believer in Jesus Christ at all? Because that word anointed means that the Spirit resides in you. So remain alert. Remain anointed. But then he says in 1 John 2, 24 and 25, look what he says here. He says, let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you, will, you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us eternal life. So you remain alert, remain anointed, but you also must remain faithful. Remain faithful. John is reminding the believers when they first became believers. He says, let, you, let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. And he says that word abide three times. So remain faithful to the teaching that you received from, about Jesus Christ. Because the same gospel message that you heard from the beginning is still the gospel that changes hearts today. And here's the thing, though. It also is changing us. We're constantly growing in Christ if we're faithful to his word. And it, it is this truth that abides in you so that we will remain faithful to Christ. So can you see how much work Christ has already done in your life? Think about that. The Holy One has anointed you. Christ has anointed you with the Holy Spirit. And then he's going, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you're going to be faithful because the word of God remains inside of you. And because of this, we abide, because of this, we abide, we remain in the Son and in the Father, as verse 24 says. So according to John, we don't need anything else but Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what we need. And because, it, because you have Jesus Christ, you have the Father. And see, and what was happening here, the Antichrist and the false teachers were trying to add something to the work of Christ. I heard this recently. Jesus plus something else equals heresy. Jesus plus something else equals heresy. That's why he says in 2 John verse 9, everyone who goes ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. But whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. So what does this lead to then? Well, in verse 25, he says it's the promise of eternal life, meaning salvation. So if the truth of God abides, if the truth of God's word abides in you, then you will abide in the Father and in the Son, and that means you have salvation or you are saved. So we are able to remain faithful because his word remains in us. 
James Dobson said this. He says, my legacy doesn't matter. It isn't important that I be remembered. It's important that when I stand before the Lord, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to finish strong, he says. Don't we all, I think we all, or at least we hope to all finish strong. We all hope to the end where God's going, well done, good and faithful servant. You will when you are alert, when you are anointed and you are faithful, when you persevere to the very end. But there's a fourth. Remain teachable. Look what he says in 1 John 2, verses 26 and 27. He says, I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But, that, but the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as, as it has taught you, abide in him. Now, some of you may be saying right now, wait a second, didn't John just say you have no need that anyone should teach you? Yes, he did say that. But here's what he means by that. He means those who are trying to deceive you. You don't need to learn from them who are trying to deceive you, who are trying to lead you astray. You don't need to learn from false teachers. That's why you have to be alert. So you see, John is trying to, in a sense, protect his readers from statements like this. He says in 1 John 1, 6, you can have fellowship with Christ and still walk in darkness. Well, we, the Bible says, no, you cannot sit there and be continually to walk in sin and say, oh yeah, I'm a believer in Christ. He says, no, you cannot do both. But he says in 1 John 1, 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We can't walk around here going, hey, I've never sinned. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely sinless perfection. Or like 1 John 1.10 says, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. That's why for John, he says in 1 John 3.7, little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. You see, he is protecting them from the false teachers of the day. He's protecting them from the Antichrist. He's saying, be alert. Watch out for them. But here's the thing, though. He does want us to remain teachable. He wants us to remain teachable. Verse 27 says this, But as his anointing teaches you about everything, and is true, and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. Notice what he says here. Teaches you about everything. John is not saying we shouldn't learn from others. He, I mean, if that's the case, then John wouldn't have written the gospel. He wouldn't have written these letters. He wouldn't have written Revelation. We wouldn't even have the New Testament for that matter. But he says, let the Holy Spirit teach you through the Word of God. You see, the teaching must line up with what the Holy Spirit has to say, and what the Holy Spirit has taught through the Word of God. You have to ask yourself, is it the truth? And I just want to just preface this. Not everything you read out of a Christian bookstore is the truth. Not not every Christian bookstore you go to is going to be the right stuff. Because where do you think, how do you think 
the Antichrist and false teachers, where do they, what do they infiltrate? Churches. Christian bookstores. Why? To lead people astray. That's the goal. That's what they're trying to do. So not everybody on the radio is right. Not everybody on the TV is right. I'm not going to name them, but if you want to come see me, I'll name some if you want. So the teaching must line up with the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit has taught through the Word of God. That's why Paul says in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, he says, and he, he gave what? The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers. To what? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. The reason we have teachers and preachers and all this stuff going on is so that what? The saints will be equipped to build the, the saints up, to do the work of the ministry for building up of the body of Christ. So we must remain teachable, church. We need to grow in the Lord. As 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We should be growing in the Lord. We should never think that we have reached the pinnacle of our spiritual lives. You should never get to that point as a believer in Christ. You have reached the pinnacle. That you have somehow made it to your spiritual height. We're never going to get there. But we should remain teachable. And God always, always has something else to teach us. Especially when you think you know it. That's one thing I've learned. Especially when I think I've got things figured out in my life, or I've got this one thing figured out, God goes, no, you're a dummy. You don't know. You have no idea. And then I'm like, hmm, nope, I don't. I read this. I found this uh, quote here. It says, true humility is staying teachable regardless of how, how much you already know. True humility is staying teachable regardless of how much you already know. So remaining teachable means we remain alert, we remain anointed, we remain faithful. You see, we will remain in him. John essentially says, this is the way you should go. You should walk like Christ, you should love like Christ, you should overcome like Christ, and you know what? You should remain in Christ. That's what God wants us to do. Whichever way Jesus goes, that's the way you go. Whichever, whatever direction he says to go in, you go that way. Say in your, get it to the point in your life, you say, God, wherever you want me to go, if you want me to go this way, I'm going to go that way with you. If you want me to go this way, I'm going to go this way with you. Whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'll do. And maybe you're here today and you're like, I don't know which way I'm going right now. I don't even know who Jesus Christ is. Can I encourage you today to come to faith in Christ? I will tell you, for, I know a lot of you are believers here today. It has been the best decision ever in my life. And I know for many of you, it has been the best decision in your life. Amen. So I hope that you would come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And man, if he is stirring your heart right now, listen to what he's saying. Be teachable and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you right now. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for today. Thank you that we can come here. Father, we can learn. Father, maybe even be a little bit convicted every now and then. But Father, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to remain, Lord, to abide in you, Father. Father, teach us what we need to know, Lord. Convict us where we need to be convicted, Lord. And I pray for anybody that's here today that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, Lord, that they would come to know you.
Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you for your spirit living inside of us. Lord, and I just pray, Lord, that you would continue to work here at Central Church, Lord. We love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.